0: So anytime where you sue another person claiming, hey, I'm the rightful owner, not you, that's a quiet title action.
1: Then Fund That Flips the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt. And uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, so go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Best ever listeners, it's time to enroll or re enroll in a healthcare plan if you're an entrepreneur. Uh, real estate investor, and the way to do that is by using Stride Health. The reason why is because you save a lot of money, $400 on average. They'll uh, save you on your health care plan over the course of the year, and they've got a personal concierge service that uh, the team doesn't work for an insurance company. They are your advocate, and they'll answer any health-related question that you've got. Uh, So we've got to do some sort of health insurance plan. Why not go to stridehealth.com forward slash best ever and see how much you can save, um, have a personal concierge service help you along the way, and do something that you got to do anyway. So go to stridehealth.com forward slash best ever and check it out. Hi, best ever listeners! Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and this is a show that cuts out all that fluffy stuff. Get straight to the best real estate investing advice that moves your business forward. We've spoken to many successful best ever guests, like Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad Poor Dad, Tom Wheelwright, who is Rich Dad Poor Dad's CPA. Definitely go check out that episode. Lots of good stuff as it relates to. 1031 exchanges for sure, and today we've got with us Mark Zinman. How you doing, Mark?
0: Good, Joe. Thank you very much for having me.
1: Yeah, nice to have you on the show, my friend. Um, really looking forward to diving in the conversation with you. A little bit about Mark. Let me mention a couple things, and you'll know why I'm saying that. He's from Canada, but moved to uh, Phoenix for commercial real estate. He is actually an Arizona attorney who represents property owners in all real estate, all rental property disputes. And here's one of the fascinating facts about his company. By volume, his firm is one of the largest eviction firms in Arizona. He represents national owners of single and multifamily properties as well as individual owners. And he's also on the, the a board member of the Arizona Multi-Housing Association, with that being said, Mark, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on?
0: Well, sure. Thank you very much, Joe. And that does sum it up for me. I'm, I'm the guy that you go to um, with any kind of real estate matters here in Arizona, any landlord tenant issues, any kind of real estate disputes you have. We handle the, the day-to-day transactions, really helping managers manage their tenant issues and then bigger issues as well. Whether, you know, when you get into disputes, a lot of people, for example, in the market here... We're buying properties in the last couple of years doing it faster than they knew what to do with and forgot to do the basic things of setting up joint ventures, getting all their documents. And then they realize they got personal disputes and they need to sell their property and they don't know what to do. And that's, you know, we, we handle those types of quiet title
1: actions as well. All right. Well, let's talk about, there's so many questions I have for you. Let's first talk about what are the most common issues that you get paid to resolve
0: Generally, that would fall into the evictions, which is the, you know, the bread and butter of management, which they have to realize. A lot of people, when they get into rentals, don't realize that the basic only right a landlord has ultimately is obviously to do the eviction. You can't force tenants to do anything they don't want to do. And if, if things start going wrong in the rental situation, that's what comes up. And so a lot of our time here is spent advising clients how to handle tenant disputes. And ultimately, if they can't be resolved, they pursue evictions.
1: What are the... Cost implications, and it varies, I know, in every state, and I'm sure. But for you, how much does it cost to go through an eviction?
0: As you said, there's there's a huge variance there, um, most particularly state by state. Um, It it can take time and money in a lot of other states. Arizona is a lot more landlord-friendly in terms of the process itself. Generally, evictions run only a few hundred dollars, and the entire process takes about three and a half weeks. For example, California and New York, though, an eviction can take you know anywhere from three to six months and uh, several thousand dollars. So it's generally more landlord friendly in terms of handling your property. And if a tenant does default in rent or otherwise, to really be able to get back in so that you can turn the property and get it re-rented immediately.
1: With the, the different types of disputes that you come across, what would you say is the most unique I have
0: seen it all. I can honestly <laughs> tell you. I am on a day to day I've been doing this about ten years and in that time, you know my, between my partners and I I probably handled you know 50 to a hundred thousand evictions. Um, and it is on a day to day basis I'm still amazed at what I've seen people do on both sides, the landlord and obviously the tenant side. One of the most extreme cases I ever saw or dealt with just in terms of entertainment, I should say would be we had a property they had not seen for a while. They took a look in, and they couldn't. the landlord couldn't figure out what was going inside. It, it looked dark. They finally gave proper notice to access. They went inside, and there was literally mold covering every single wall. They got a hold of the tenant and was like, why didn't you notify us? There was a problem. And it turns out the tenant had had a leak in the unit for six months and never notified the landlord. So the shower was going 24 hours a day. Oh. And so it literally... It was like a steam bath in the entire apartment. (laughs) And so I try and always use that with clients trying to explain is If you're running a rental property, you really need to check in to make sure you know what's going on in your property. You know, rentals aren't just this thing where once you sign a lease and give them the keys that you're free and you get your mortgage paid automatically.
1: What's some challenging aspects of your job as a real estate attorney as it relates to client management?
0: I think the hardest thing is generally dealing with uh, more the individual investors or what I would refer to sometimes as as mom-and-pop investors or owners of property. Uh, The large corporations understand the process, understand the headaches that go along a lot of the time with managing and owning properties, whereas individual investors get much more emotionally attached to what's going on and allow their emotions to get in control more so than just the financial matters. And one of the cliches I would like to tell you your cl- my clients is you never want to litigate on principle. You know, going into a lawsuit just to prove somebody else wrong is not a great way to litigate because it never helps you in the end. I mean, that's where you, it, my job is to really sit down with somebody before they ever file suit and say, OK, is this really what you want to be doing? What's the outcome that going to get you the best result of where you need to be?
1: Whenever you're attending the Arizona Multi-Housing Association meetings, what's your role?
0: With the the what's known as the AMA here, the Multi-Housing Association, that is basically the group of all multifamily property operators that come together and really represent the industry. So with, with the AMA, I'm a board member as well as on different committees, which really try and shape the laws in the state as well as just holding the industry to a certain standard and to ensure that all operators are really running good rental properties and maintaining a high standard, as I'm sure you may be aware the Arizona market has gone through the roof in ter- terms of building multifamily, and it's really important that all the operators really set the bar of what's expected for themselves, and they do an excellent job of that.
1: When you're working with clients, what's type of case that you find most challenging?
0: That is a tough one for me. I like the law. I love doing it. Um, as I said, it comes serving as an attorney. You're part counselor. You know part attorney, part psychiatrist, if you will, in terms of helping your clients through their problems. I think a lot of times the hardest ones for me are a lot of the quiet title actions where people, as I had mentioned before, get into business with their friend, for example, and they, don't, they didn't draft any documents. They both thought they were on the same page thinking, "Oh well, we can rent out this property and we'll do great cash flow. And neither one of them ever really thought about an exit strategy. And if one of them has a life event that comes up, for example, they need to sell and the other one may not want to. And without any governing documents and any idea of being on the same page, it really runs into a lot of problems. Those are the hardest for me because you really run into that issue of people have their emotions involved. Most of the time in those cases, they have a lot of money, you know, their own personal stake there. And so it's really, it adds a lot of factors besides just the legal processes. The actual legal stuff is relatively easy. It's really the people interactions that become much more difficult.
1: In that quiet title case, or an example of a hypothetical quiet title case, how do you work around that if there's nothing in writing? And before you answer that, can you define quiet title?
0: Sure. Quiet title is any type of lawsuit, at least here in Arizona, where the parties are fighting over ownership. So if I have, if I, for example, Joe, sell you a property and then, you know, we're under contract and I refuse to sell it, you would file a quiet title lawsuit and a specific performance lawsuit trying to force me to set transfer title to you. In the case of two partners, it's also called a partition where we want to sell the property and split up our interest between us. And so in that case, that's exactly what we would do. We'd have to go in and it's almost a nightmare to some extent. Most of the hours spent isn't true legal work. It's really figuring out things that the partner should have done ahead of time, like what they put into it, how much time they've put in along the way, how much money, and then kind of back, go backwards to figure out what each party's entitled to and then ask the court to sell off the house and disperse the proceeds.
1: So in a quiet title case, you're basically looking to see who's contributed what, both in time and money, and allocating a, a value to that, and then that would be the percent that they would have once it sells.
0: In a partition version, yes, correct. Like if two partners bought a property together, that's exactly what you need to do. You're just asking the court to force a sale and split up the proceeds accordingly based on what the person put into it. A quiet title itself, though, is more general, and that could be anytime you're suing a person for title. I've seen that, for example, where family members sue each other, where you, know, you may have a title in your son's name, for example, and he refuses to give title back to you or titles transferred between different family members as estate issues and that, and you know, nothing's documented properly. So anytime where you sue another person claiming, Hey, I'm the rightful owner, not you. That's a quiet title action.
1: How did your firm get to be one of the highest volume eviction firms in Arizona?
0: (laughs) It always sounds bad when I hear it coming back to me. It's a unique business. It's a function of just serving um, the property management management industry. It's as, as I said before, the you know evictions are a relatively fast process here, and as that's the only remedy a landlord has, it's just it's become a business. And I really, I love actually serving the property management industry just because you get to work with people on a day-to-day basis, helping with their problems. Um, it's a lot of client interaction and not just getting to know the legal side, but really getting to know the person as you're working with your client. And the majority of our clients, you know, have been with us for years and they're all long-term. So you really build a relationship as you're working with people. It's rarely somebody that just comes to me for one random case and then leave. That's That's just not the bulk of our business. And so it helps us word of mouth referrals. And then we just do general business practice. You know, I do teaching and other kind of marketing as well to get new clients just as any other business would.
1: What's the most popular thing that you teach? Probably
0: fair housing. Fair housing for a lot of people that get into property management, they don't understand it. It's a complex area of the law. It should be very simple, just, you know, don't discriminate on your properties and who you rent to. But it's a it's much more complex than that, and it's very nuanced. So it takes people a lot longer to understand, and it's also something that if people aren't aware of it, it usually gets themselves in trouble. Um, For example, I just had a consult earlier today for people that just bought their first property, and they're going to turn around and rent it out, and they had never even considered the fair housing implications of having a rental standard, who they wanted, and what requirements they were going to put on their prospective tenants.
1: Well, what is your best advice ever for real estate investors?
0: My best ever advice is always know what you're getting into or spend the time to figure it out. Whatever the market is, research as much as you possibly can. It seems, especially in my business with landlords, as many as I've met across the country as well as the state here specifically, people jump into it thinking it's just an easy thing to do and that they just, as soon as they sign the lease and turn over the keys, they don't have anything to worry about. And it's really not the case. You have to be aware of what your rights are, what your remedies are if a tenant's not complying and then other laws that may apply such as fair housing all of these things come in you would never it seems like you would never go into another type of business whether buying a coffee shop or buying you know a fast food restaurant without knowing how to make the sandwiches how to make the coffee but a lot of people i see jump into landlord tenant stuff and just don't know what they're doing and that's where they get in a lot of trouble those are the cases you know sadly where i bill more than anything else is really trying to dig somebody out of a hole that could have been avoided ahead of time. I'm a person that I, I really firmly believe you really wanna you know, try new things and push your business to beyond where it is, and that's obviously how you, you grow. You just have to know, spend the time ahead of time really preparing for that and looking so you know what you're getting into.
1: What would you say is the most common hole that investors who don't prepare themselves get into?
0: Right off the bat, I think the biggest mistake is how people are handling or titling their property for liability reasons, for how they handle their lease. When people initially, if you're just getting into the market and going out and buying, for example, a single-family home, a lot of individuals will just buy the property in their name and then start to rent out the property. And that's fine as a, a practice. What that legally runs into, though, if there's a slip-and-fall case or if there's other problems on the property, that opens you as the owner of the property, opened up a lot of liability. I mean, the first thing you should ever be doing in that case is transferring title potentially to an LLC or another entity, and that way you're limiting your liability and obviously getting insurance to go along with that. And that'll protect you from the biggest pitfalls in terms of incidences on property to to really protect your overall assets and not just the individual property.
1: How do you transfer a title on a property that you have a loan and not trigger the due on sales clause?
0: I don't think there's a good way to do that, to be honest with you. You have the due on sale clause. Most and what you're referring to there, obviously, is that if you have a lien on the property, most liens and deed of trust, which we have in Arizona, say you can't transfer title. If you do transfer title, that will call the, the bank will call the full amount due on the lien. Some you'd have to look at your deed of trust specifically. A lot of them have exemptions if you're transferring title to a you know what's called a wholly owned subsidiary. And so that if I'm just transferring, for example, from Mark Zedman personally to Mark Zinman LLC, a lot of times that doesn't actually call the note due just simply because I'm transferring it to another entity that I own.
1: Okay. So look at the deed of trust and see how it's worded. Exactly. And then talk to an attorney. <laughs> don't, make the, any, <laughs> don't make any moves um, on that. You want to probably talk to an attorney afterwards, right? That's always a good way to go. Yeah. Well, of course you would say that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mark, you ready for the best ever lightning round? Absolutely. Okay, first a quick word from our best ever partners. If you need money for your flipping project, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. You'll know within 30 seconds if you're approved or not to get money for your residential flip. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever book you've read?
0: Best ever is a Bernie Madoff book I just finished. It's excellent.
1: What's the name of it? Betrayal. What would you take away from that book? (laughs) Pun intended.
0: (laughs) Don't just trust somebody just because it's flashy. Really get to the merits of what somebody's doing.
1: Best ever personal growth experience and what would you learn from it?
0: Not a positive one, uh, but my son had uh, health issues when he was younger, and we relied on a lot of other people to get us through that time and it focused on what's important and how tenuous things can be at certain times, and you really need the people around you to help you.
1: Thoughts are with you and your son and your family on that. Thank you best ever project you're most excited about right now?
0: Right now we're working with one of our clients really developing their national platform and changing a a lot of the ways they handle their landlord-tenant matters and kind of merging how the the practical aspect with some of the technology that we're able to develop. It's, It's interesting seeing that unfold.
1: Your law firm's developing technology?
0: Yes. Yeah we're really pushing the envelope in terms of what we can try and how our systems can serve our clients.
1: Best ever way you like to give back?
0: I donate my time to certain charities, if you will, and then in terms of also making sure giving back to the homeless as well. I take my kids to you know different fundraisers and also events where they can get involved and help.
1: What's the biggest mistake you've made in business or real estate?
0: I would say not buying more properties when the recession hit. I think that was a one in a lifetime opportunity that we all saw, and some people took more advantage of than others.
1: And what is the best ever place for the best ever listeners to reach you?
0: Best ever place for the best ever listeners would be, I guess, my firm phone number is 480-994-4732 or our website at wzplegal.com.
1: wzplegal.com. Correct. Well, Mark, thank you for sharing your best ever advice with the best ever listeners and talking about a whole range of topics from the most common issue that you resolve for your clients' evictions... To you know, you, you all do. Did I write this down right? I have fifty to one hundred thousand evictions. You've done you've done that over the course of your history. Yes,
0: somewhere around that number. Wow. I'm afraid to sit down and look at the exact numbers.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other thing that we talked about, uh, you talked about, is never litigate on principle. That could be a very interesting insight that is applied to best ever listener right now. If you if you're upset about something and you're thinking about suing, well. What is the ultimate outcome that you're going to get out of that lawsuit? And is it really worth the effort and the money? Um, And and having an attorney take a look at that and and really pretending that you are a large corporation and, and would a large corporation, from a dollars and cents standpoint, go through that process? Some of the harder cases or the hardest case that you find is the quiet title action, as you call it, where the parties are fighting over ownership. And there's a partition, I believe you said. Where you sell a property, you have a partner and you sell a property and you split up the interest based on the time and the money that's put into it. And then there's the other quiet title action where it's any number of different scenarios where family members suing each other, titles and sons name, things like that. And that's really the tricky part in that case where it's tough to kind of tell who has what ownership and On that note, it is really about your advice for the best ever listeners on know what you're getting into and spend time or spend time figuring it out and setting yourself up from an education standpoint so that you can mitigate some of the uh, potential pitfalls. And then lastly, I'll mention the thing that you said on the LLC, your property really shouldn't be in your name. And if you have a loan on the property, then read the transfer title, or excuse me, read the deed of trust. And that deed of trust will tell you if you're able to transfer the title to a wholly owned LLC, because that will help you with your liability. If someone trips and falls, they won't sue you, they'll sue the LLC. In addition to, let's underline and bold this, in addition to insurance that you have on the property, regardless of what it's owned by. Absolutely. So thank you so much for being on the show, Mark, and sharing your advice with the best ever listeners, and I hope you have the best ever week.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Joe. I appreciate it.
1: I want to mention Fund That Flip because Fund That Flip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on, uh, or the main two things, are the deal and the money. Uh, So if you've got the deal pipeline Their team has over 200 deals under their belt and uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, So go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Best ever listeners, it's time to enroll or re-enroll in a healthcare plan if you're an entrepreneur, a real estate investor. And the way to do that is by using Stride Health. The reason why is because you save a lot of money, $400 on average. They'll uh, save you on your health care plan over the course of the year. And they've got a personal concierge service that uh, the team doesn't work for an insurance company. They are your advocate, and they'll answer any health-related question that you've got. Uh, So we've got to do some sort of health insurance plan. Why not go to stridehealth.com forward slash best ever and see how much you can save, um, have a personal concierge service help you along the way, and do something that you got to do anyway. So go to stridehealth.com forward slash best ever and check it out.